everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Dim Delights podcast, official podcast of DimDelightsFilmBlog.com, your number one source for movie news, reviews, and trailers. I'm your host, Brian, and with me is my co-host, Olga. Olga. Yes. <laughs> <You> guys. <laughs> um, today, we're going to be talking about a movie that is near and dear to my heart because it was probably one of the better movies of last year, 2016. Um, that movie is Arrival. Uh, Arrival stars Amy Adams, Jeremy Renner, and Forrest Whitaker. And uh, we're going to be talking at length about our thoughts on that, as well as talk about uh, what's at the box office over the weekend and some movie news that recently hit the internet. Which I'm, I guess depending who you are, you could be excited or not excited about it. Uh, before we get started, though, I'd like to introduce a special guest. Um, would you like to introduce yourself, sir? Uh, yeah, my name is Dr. Phil Lipschitz. Right. Uh, I am, of course, a linguist, and uh, I just love everything about language. That's great. That's uh, that's some real good stuff. Uh, we're definitely going to be talking uh, with uh, Dr. Lipschitz about all the different things that uh, I just mentioned. And um, yeah, how about we just uh, get started at the box office this week? Our three movies we have Ghost in the Shell, we have Boss Baby, and we have The Zookeeper's Wife, which is not a sequel to The Zookeeper, starring uh, I think it's Kevin <laughs> James, right? Yeah, it's yeah. A totally different movie. Totally different confused. movie. That's yeah, a good no. movie. Yeah, it's a great. Have you seen that movie? The Zookeeper? Yeah. Yeah, several times. That's that's pretty great. In a way, zookeepers are... Uh, I watched it because the animals could talk in it, and I thought that was amazing. Cause well, exactly. As you may... I don't know if you know this or not, but animals cannot actually talk. Uh, I did know that, actually. Yeah. I'm pretty sure Olga know about, knew about that, too, right? Yeah. Animals can't talk. You don't talk to our, our dog at all. Zylo at home. Um... No. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, <laughs> let's just uh, read a synopsis of these three movies, and uh, we could just talk a little bit about them. So, Ghost in the Show. Synopsis is, in a future in which humanity and technology have begun to merge, a cybernetically enhanced policewoman, played by Scarlett Johansson, hunts a mysterious terrorist who can hack into its, his victims' minds and control their thoughts and memories. Her pursuit eventually leads her to discover the full truth about her traumatic past. Spoilers. Let's <laughs> um, see. Pilo, as I'm going to butch- butcher these names. Pilo Azbek, Takeshi Kitano, and Juli- well, that's more normal. Juliette Binoche and Michael Pitt, a co-star, directed by Rupert Sanders, and uh, Ghost in the Shell, if you didn't know, is based off a popular Japanese manga series, um, which is now being adapted into an American film. Guys, what do you think about Ghost in the Shell? <laughs> Olga, would you like to start? Um, sure. Um, well, I don't agree with the casting. You Ooh, know, that's the man, point of controversy. Just went right into it. I, do, it, I know it's a sore point, especially between us. You're okay with it, and I'm not. And right. It's okay that we don't think the same way. Right. I just... That's... that's. I guess that's as far as we'll go into it. <laughs> what don't you like okay. about the casting? Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't like that they chose Scarlett Johansson for a role that was not originally for an American actress like it I think that there were other actresses that could have been chosen that mm-hmm. fit the role better and um, represented what people already associated with this story right you're gonna you're gonna upset all the alt-right listeners to this podcast <laughs> what listeners <laughs> um, we don't even like have alt listeners. <laughs> yeah first we need listeners <laughs> I don't think we can have alt listeners just yet. Um, Much less alt right. Right. <laughs> um, honestly, it's very similar to the Iron Fist fiasco that's going on right now. There's... See, that's, to me, that's very, very different. Um, How so? Because Iron Fist was originally an American. Right. So that to me fits the casting. Okay. Whereas Ghost in the Shell, people who already felt represented by this manga now. Mm-hmm. You know, we're excited about the movie being made into a live action, and mm-hmm. yes, it's going to be in English, and yes, uh, movies have already been made with mm-hmm. um, 
Asian um, actors, but mm-hmm. I think that losing that representation um, wasn't a, a good move on their part, and okay. clearly they've had really bad um, press because right. it it's really needs to be said that people need to keep up with like the demands of society like mm-hmm. we've raised the bar for a lot of these movies in mm-hmm. terms of um you know uh representation and right. inclusivity and i totally butcher that word um I mean, I think that just we're, we're sort of regressing in some of these points and i think it has a lot to do with um the directors and uh, producers not being in touch with um what's current and what people demand now which right. is you know for stuff to be representative which yeah. it wasn't i personally don't think it's the worst decision to cast i understand why they did it it's honestly movies are business so they picked a star who has that power you know she starred in lucy and she was a female lead um in that movie and even though the movie wasn't the best it generated a lot of business and money and it actually wasn't, you know, ha- it was half decent. It was okay. Um, so I, I understand why they picked her. You know, she's a very popular actress at the moment. Um, she has the ability to portray this um, character. Um, but I do understand those points. I understand, you know, same thing with uh, Iron Fist. Like, even though, yes, he was American in the comic books, you could have gone a more progressive route and said, well, why don't we make him Asian American? And there was actually um, one video that I saw where someone suggested that if he was Asian America, it would be less about him being isolated um, from sort of society. And now he's in this. Um, yeah. I sen- mean, if they would have gone that route, it would have been a redeeming right. story right. for a redeeming arc for this story. Right. Whereas before it came Iron Fist was born in a time when again we didn't have these expectations for writers and mm-hmm. producers directors and everyone right. so this the story came about and it was i don't know how popular it was because it's not a super well-known mm-hmm. um comic iron fist i mean it has its fans. not mainstream like obviously it has its fan base but it's not as mainstream as like batman right. or daredevil right um so they could have easily redeemed the story and given mm-hmm. it a, a better more um I guess, like, what you said, it, it would have been a lot more progressive, yeah. and it would have possibly even been better. It could have been. Could have been a, a better story. Could have been. It could have worked better with the other two, with Jessica Jones and Daredevil and mm-hmm. Luke Cage, mm-hmm. the other three. Right. Um, and I think it would have still fit yeah. with the new take on it, mm-hmm. but because they kept to the original story, I think the casting's appropriate, because if you had cast, if they had cast an Asian actor, then... It wouldn't have made sense that he, his parents died and he found himself in the Himalayas yeah. and he was raised by Buddhist mm-hmm. monks. So, I, like, it would have taken a totally different spin on the story that it would, probably would have been better. But I think that the casting for this one was appropriate. Whereas Ghost in the Show, I don't agree, agree with. with. Okay. Yeah. Dr. Lipschitz. <laughs> uh, yeah. You're pretty quiet. <laughs> I just think people are tired of seeing white people in movies. Yeah, you know, that's all I'm gonna say about that. Right, and and your ethnicity would be, are you also? Are you, very personal question. Okay, sorry, yeah. I didn't mean to. Uh, yeah, I don't staring want to right at me. I'm very very, <laughs> very intently. Yeah, actually. Um, okay, so what was your opinion on it again? That you just kind of white people are no good. That's my at opinion. all. That's a well, pretty just, no. Just there's not good actors. Okay, not at all. No, I mean, I mean, we they have Keanu. We have Keanu Reeves. He isn't exactly the uh, the highlight of white talent. Ah <laughs> 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 oh, man, okay. Um, any other points that wanted to be made for this? No. No. Moving on. Woo. All right, cool. Boss Baby. Okay, this is probably the least excited Exciting. movie yeah. that's coming out this week, but I'm going to read the synopsis. I'm sure there are people out there that want to see this. <laughs> um, a seven-year-old boy, voiced by Miles Christopher Bakshi, has his life turned upside down by his new brother, an infant known as the Boss Baby, voiced by Alec Baldwin, who wears a suit and has the brusque manner of a businessman. However, the two are forced to get past their initial antagonism when they must work together on a mission of espionage involving the rivalry between babies and puppies. Wow, I didn't realize that's what it was about. (laughs) 
Steve Buscemi, Lisa Kudrow, Jimmy Kimmel, and Tobey Maguire. Wow, I didn't know he was in it. Also lend their voices to this animated comedy, which is based on a picture book by Maria Frazzi. Guys, what do you think about the movie? I just want to say a few things about this. Sure. First of all, I am very surprised that Tobey Maguire was able to find time in an extremely busy schedule to, to act in this movie. Really? That's all I'm going to say about that. Why does he have such a busy schedule? Well, he's very popular at the moment. Really? Second of all, as a linguist, I feel it's my responsibility to point out that babies actually cannot talk. That's, yes. Yeah. That's a great... I mean... I After just, like two years, they, they start babbling. I don't a know bit. who are they trying to fool with this movie. I mean, maybe it does not sound like a smooth talking Alec Baldwin. It is an animated movie. Uh, there needs to be sort of a suspension of disbelief. Wait, which movie point. are we talking about? We're talking about Boss Baby. I knew that. Right. Yeah, I know it's animated. Oh, okay. Yeah, I knew that. Who said I didn't? Uh, no one pointed any fingers at you. <laughs> okay. Okay. Olga, any thoughts on the Boss Baby or <laughs> the doctor's comments? Uh, I thought it was kind of mean for you to point out that the doctor doesn't have fingers, but, you know. You do have fingers, right? No, I don't have fingers. I am so sorry. That's why I was not able to get my doctorate in sign linguist. I'm not, I am not a sign linguist. Well, <laughs> that'd be really difficult for you. Yeah. You haven't looked into any sort of, um, mechanical extremities that you could oh, probably... Oh, you mean like an iron fist? Uh, you like an iron fist, but... Iron Fist doesn't actually have a, a fist made of iron. I think it's more metaphorical. Metaphorical? Yeah, it's not literal iron. It's not like Iron Man. Even Iron Man's metal isn't made out of iron. Do you know what the origin of the word metaphorical is? No, I don't. Well, me neither. Oh, well. I'm going to have to look that one up. Wow, that was a real letdown. I, I'm going to put you were... that in my notes and oh. look it up. All right, you, you do that. <laughs> Um, okay. No, I don't have any thoughts. <laughs> you don't have any thoughts? Okay. I'm not going to go watch this movie. Yeah. That's, I, that's basically what's That's pretty much where I'm at, too. The trailers have been pretty... I like yeah. Alec Baldwin, and honestly, the talent that's behind it, it's all people that I really like. Lisa Kudrow, you'd know from Friends. I know, but... Steve Buscemi, he's great. That's the only place I like her. Well, you'd like Alec Baldwin? Yeah, like you're really Baldwin. going to piss off your alt right listeners on this episode. <laughs> well, <laughs> Doctor, we don't have any alt right listeners. We've already established we barely have actual listeners on this podcast. Um, Not with that attitude. I, that's <laughs> I, that's true. Maybe I I need to uh, change my attitude a bit. Um, yeah, I, I think the talent's okay. Um, it's probably one I'll skip out and see in the movies. Um, let us know if you guys have different thoughts. You might actually want to see the Boss Baby. Um, so let's move on to The Zookeeper's Wife. This is the one that I know the, probably the least amount about. Um, so this is the synopsis. A husband, played by Johan Heldenberg, and wife Jessica Chastain in Nazi-occupied Poland used their positions as caretakers at the Warsaw Zoo to shepherd Jews out of the country. Based on the nonfiction book of the same name by Diane Ackerman, The Zookeeper's Wife is uh, directed by Nikki Caro, who also directed Whale Rider. Thoughts on this film? Well, I want to watch it. Okay. But I know that I'm going to end up crying. Probably. Is that a reason to not watch a movie? No, it isn't. Okay. It isn't. (laughs) All right. (laughs) I just wanted to make sure I clear that up. It's just one of I just already... I'm going in knowing that it's going to cause an emotional reaction, and I I don't usually... Do well with those. Okay, as long as like, you don't flail about in, in the seat. No, like, I'd right. rather go in not knowing okay. that it's gonna be emotional. Right. And then like have it surprise me. Right. I don't know. I like being surprised. Okay. I don't like. When That's I why don't. you don't watch trailers. Exactly. That's exactly so, why. Do you get emotional during movies? Uh, certain movies. Like what? Like uh, you ever seen that movie? Uh, you ever seen that movie Fight Club? Uh, yeah, sure. Talk about it though. Yeah, you're not supposed to talk about Fight Club. Oh, okay. That's all I wanted to say, then. Okay. That's good. It's good that you kept your mouth shut there. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, any other thoughts? On, oh, well, what did you think about The Zookeeper's Wife? Is that something you would go watch? Yeah. That's I mean, where I was going with it that. It has so much in it. You know, it has, uh, it has Nazis. It has animals. Mm-hmm. It has zoos. Mm-hmm. It has Jewish people. Right. It's got a little bit of something for everybody. And right. I think that that's why it's uh, my early pick for... Uh, best motion pi- motion picture. Wow. 2017. Really? Yeah. You already have a pick. Yeah. 
That's incredible. Yeah, yeah. Well, you heard it here first. Right. Dr. Lipschitz. Right. Dr. Lipschitz. Okay. Well, I mean, it's kind of early to be deciding movies. We're only in March. Uh, I can't. There's there's so much time left within the year. You're already deciding now? I can spot a winner from a mile away, Brian. Oh. Maybe I should be the one hosting the film podcast well not you. let's not go that far uh you, you already have yeah. your profession um not that this is my profession but this is a hobby of mine yeah uh, you can doing. i just want to say you can listen to my podcast on my network is called uh it's called uh leaking with lip shits the language linguist uh okay. podcast i don't think i approved any plugs but um well sure i had to get that in there all right well you did now so <laughs> you're done right no more plugs that's it for all now right. okay cool <laughs> Um, so let's just move on to movie news. Um, <laughs> we got three pretty big things that happened over the week. Um, let's start out with the first one. Josh Whedon. Oh, God. We're starting with this one. We're going to start with this All one. Right. Josh Whedon, who is known to uh, direct the Avengers, the Avengers Age of Ultron, and also brought us Buffy the Vampire Slayer, will be directing... And Firefly. And Firefly. Thank you for throwing that in there. Will be directing a Batgirl movie which is pretty crazy. Um, this was brought to us by Variety. Um, yeah, it's pretty crazy that they're going to be doing this. Yeah. A f- Batgirl movie in the DC Extended Universe. Um, the f- second uh, female-led uh, superhero movie uh, right after Wonder Woman. Uh, what are your guys' thoughts on this? I'm interested to hear, actually, both of you guys, and what you would think about this movie, considering we don't even have a Batman movie yet. Yeah, that was the one thing that I, like, I think DC needs to chill. Like, they keep giving us all these news, like, oh, we're doing this one and that one, and mm-hmm. we're going to do a spinoff. Of it. Mm-hmm. Like, we haven't even had a successful Batman movie yet. Right. And they're already giving us, like, side character movies. Right. News. Right. And they're giving us so many that, you know, one of those is not going to get made because there's too many. Mm-hmm. And if they do maybe, like, one every two years, like, if it takes two years to produce, then it's going to be for the next nine years. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's too much. Right. And they're not even giving us, like, I don't know, like, Marvel, when they announce movies, there's an event usually mm-hmm. going on, like, it's a comic-con or there's some sort of press event and they're just kind of like telling us it's kind of uneventful to be clear i think this was part of CinemaCon, so i think there was an event around why they were for the others like got the city sirens and like it's just it feels like they're doing a little too much at the same time like they're really trying to catch up with marvel and it feels like they're going to burn out and we're not going to get the best quality i yeah i agree i mean we don't have a flash movie we don't have a cyborg movie we don't have an aquaman movie we don't have a batman movie beast boy movie um beast boy is probably even lower on the list compared to batgirl well someday someday (laughs) you're rooting for it huh I'm rooting for a Teen Titans movie, but I just want to say about this Batgirls movie okay. that uh, if it is anything like Suicide Squad, mm-hmm. then I'm very much looking forward to it. Mm. Really? It'll be good. Suicide yeah. Squad? Yeah. So. What did you like about Suicide Squad? Oh, you know, you had Jared Leto with the Joker, okay. you know, you had... Uh, That's it. Harley Quinn, you know, there's like a lot mm-hmm. of... Margaret yeah, Robbie. It was just uh, the graphics were amazing in it. And okay, that's the debatable. The plot was really thick and... Debatable. It was a thick plot? Yeah. Really? Do you yeah. remember what happened in that movie? No, not really. I'm, no one no. does. <laughs> I don't think anyone does. You know why they call that movie Suicide Squad, don't you? <laughs> I don't know, because... it makes you want to commit suicide after you've seen it. <laughs> that's okay yeah with your squad (laughs) yeah i just i wasn't crazy about that movie but yeah going going back to the point of this batgirl movie we have gotham city sirens that's coming we've got um some of the other ones that i already mentioned justice league is right around the corner um they haven't really proven themselves yet we haven't even had a man of steel 2 yet and that was how this whole thing opened up um i don't know I'm kind of conflicted. I love Josh Whedon. Batgirl's an awesome character with a lot of history. Um, it'll be nice to have a movie devoted to her, where I know that if she was part of a Batman movie, she would kind of be thrown to the side. So mm-hmm. I think that's great. And again, going along with the more progressive um, train of thought that thing uh, that's happening in Hollywood today, you know, female-led uh, movies. Um, she's never really gotten the spotlight except for those... Um, that horrible movie back well, in the day um, that's completely debatable <laughs> um but uh yeah i just think dc needs to chill 
Yeah, well, I said it's debatable because it's just, like, a prime example of Hollywood not really understanding things because they're like, oh, yeah, a female movie would be great, but Mm -hmm. let's not put a female director that Mm -hmm. would know how to handle a female character. Okay, so that's your issue with this? No, uh, my issue is Joss Whedon himself. Like, it could have been another director. It's just that he's proven that he can't handle a female character. Mm. And... He honestly, like, you you said earlier, like, when we weren't recording, like, well, aren't you excited? Like, he did Buffy. He gave us um, this, like, great character that was, like, super feminist or mm-hmm. whatever. Mm-hmm. But honestly, like, this happened in the 90s, and it feels like... And we're going back to this, like, we've grown past a lot of these, like, expectations that mm-hmm. were very, like... Like, the bar has been raised, and he... Right has been credited for doing a lot of that, which is great. He's rightfully deserved. He did a lot more than anybody other and any other director did in the nineties. Right. But it's like he keeps pulling like the same trick out of the bag. Mm-hmm. And he honestly feels like the guy that like buys you dinner when you're down on your luck one time at the end of the month and he mm-hmm. brings it up all the time. Like, oh remember when? Mm-hmm. And it's just like, okay, yeah, we got it. You did Buffy and mm-hmm. But you didn't handle Black Widow correctly. Okay. And that, to me, is his biggest sin and mm-hmm. why I don't trust him with Batgirl. Because he you... totally ruined Black Widow. How did they ruin Black Widow for you? Um, so, Black Widow is an amazing character. Right. And they... Well, he reduced her to being Bruce's love interest. And okay. her... As we go through Avengers... Mm-hmm. She keeps saying, like, I'm a monster and I've done, like, horrible things. Mm-hmm. And it keeps, like... I got so... Hold on. I got really confused for a second because you said Bruce's love interest. And I was like... No, no, no. Bruce, not Bruce Wayne. Wayne. <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. You're, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, no. Uh, yeah. The Incredible Hulk. Yes, The Incredible right. Hulk. Okay. Um, they, keep, they kept saying, like, in the writing that she was a... Mo- she considered herself a monster. Mm-hmm. And you think, oh, maybe it's because of, uh, like, every, like, her past, you know? And in Agent Carter, they even have scenes of the Red Room girls where they were made to kill their weaker, like, studies. Like, whoever was weak, weaker than them, they mm-hmm. had to kill them themselves. Wow. So they, he had plenty of reasons to make the character think that she was a monster because of her past. Mm-hmm. But instead, he chose to make it, like, she thinks she's a monster because she's sterile. And it was, like, hmm. biggest letdown. We're like, are you serious? So Bruce thought that he was a monster because of everything that he had done. And what that does for Black Widow is pretty much makes her, like, she has no moral agency whatsoever because right. to her, being sterile is worse than all the senseless killing that they made her do back in the Soviet. So okay. it's, like, it completely is out of character for Black Widow. Right. So the treatment that he gave Black Widow and all of the, uh, like not in character stuff that she did mm-hmm. makes me think that he won't know how to handle Batgirl okay. correctly. So Fair enough. I'm really worried about it. Yeah, okay. I mean, yeah, I'm worried just simply because I don't think DC has or Warner Brothers have proven themselves just yet. No. Um, doctor? Uh, yeah, I wonder who they're going to make her fight, who her bad guy is. Oh, um, well, that's another thing. Um, it's already been Harley. established that they're going to base Batgirl off of the new 52, and that's oh. really sad. Because in the New 52, they've done away completely with the Oracle story. Oh, well, I mean, that makes sense. You can't have one without the other. When she's Oracle, she's Oracle, right? Yeah. Um, So in the movie, they're going to go off of what happened in The Killing Joke, Mm -hmm. which is the Joker did what he did, Mm -hmm. messed her up, and then she healed after that. Oh, okay. Instead of being in a wheelchair. Gotcha. And becoming Oracle. That's interesting. It just goes into her being healed afterwards. Right. And it mm-hmm. kind of takes a lot of story away from her. I'm like, this was, yeah. like... I like... Again, yeah. inclu- like, being inclusive. And, right. you know, it. they're, like, giving us finally a, like, a Batgirl movie, but mm-hmm. they're taking away all the things that we would have wanted to come along with Batgirl. So right. it's a little... Like, it shows that they don't really understand who they're trying to market. Yeah. One Agreed. thing I always notice about Batgirl is in the old Batman movie with George Clooney, mm-hmm. they gave they gave Batman nipples, but they didn't give Batgirl nipples. And I always wonder what that was all about. Yeah, that's a very good 
Good point. <laughs> hashtag free the nipple. <laughs> hashtag free the nipples. You heard it here first. I don't understand no, that's why the thing. they did that. Well, I'm telling our first time <laughs> listeners that they heard it here first because maybe they didn't hear it from somewhere else. Maybe we'll grab some of that attention. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't mean it to sound like that, but okay. take it as you will. Um, yeah, I agree. I don't understand why in that movie um, there are bat nipples on a man, but not a woman. Speaking just, of being that's progressive. Something, that's something that I just had to point out as a linguist. Mm. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, those weren't the only things pointing out. Oh. As oh. a linguist. As a linguist. <laughs> yeah, wait, why do you have anything to say about this as a linguist? It's just part of my profession. Uh, really? What? Are you also very... Uh, Studious in the art of nipple? I mean, no. Okay. That's obviously not what linguism is all about. No, but, uh, I don't even think it's called linguism, no. is it? Well, you obviously don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I so. mean, I don't know a lot of things, so it's okay. <laughs> I think one of us is a doctor and one of us is a podcast host. Where did you so. get your degree, Dr. Lipschitz? Yeah. Yeah, it's on my website. Okay. I got it from uh, I got it from Harvard. Did you physically put a picture of your license on the website no that i don't think you understand how websites work um but. i do i'm a web designer so <laughs> well we don't have to do. get into the uh, nicks and crannies of it okay <laughs> <laughs> i've never heard nicks and crannies i've heard of nooks and crannies i'm not sure what nicks are but uh except well, the, the team <laughs> well i know more about language than you do so just take my word for it all right cool how many languages do you know actually i didn't actually bother to ask you earlier how many languages do i know am i how many languages Am I proficient in? Yeah. I'm proficient in exactly 500 languages. Wow. I thought he was going to stop at five. 500 yeah. languages? There are, are, are 500 there languages? 500 languages? Does this include... Yep. That was yes. Okay. So <laughs> that was yes language. in the language. That was yes in the dead language. Okay. So what you're trying to say is that this is this not is not only just earthly languages. You're talking about like other planets, alien languages. I don't actually believe in uh, aliens. So really? I don't know what you're talking about. Wow. So our discussion on this movie is going to be really interesting later. Well, I guess we'll also just wait and see. Yeah, we will. We will wait and see. <laughs> in how many seconds? <laughs> not, not seconds. All right. So we have um, two more points to go through. Uh, we have the Spider-Man Homecoming trailer that also hit over. Uh, I think over the weekend. Um, you guys both saw it. Yeah. Yep, Doctor Olga, you guys saw it. Um, I liked it a lot. I think best song so far. Yeah. This year. Yeah, yeah. This the song. The I've song was great. I've song choices for other trailers. For this other trailers. Year. Yeah, we'll get into that yes. in a little bit. Um, <laughs> yeah, I I love this trailer. It was great. It opened up the story a little bit more, maybe a little too much, mm-hmm. and I'll get into that a little bit uh, in a in a sec. Um, Tom Holland looks awesome as Spider Man. It looks really action-packed. It was nice seeing Iron Man or uh, Robert Downey Jr. be in the role a little bit more. Um, You can really tell that they're trying to establish Spider-Man and um, Iron Man as sort of a father and son dynamic, which I like. Um, I think it makes a lot of sense because we've seen Iron Man's history from his origin. So he's gone through a lot. He has a lot of experience. And the plot line that Spider-Man's going through right now feels very similar to what Iron Man went through in (laughs) Spider-Man. In Spider-Man, no, in uh, Iron Man 3, where he um, was just having an identity crisis, you know? Um, he wasn't sure what who was Iron Man. Was it him or was it the suit? And I feel like, based on the trailer, they're kind of doing something similar with Spider-Man. So it makes a lot of sense for Tony to be like, but wait a second, you know, this is what, you know, you should be thinking, not the way that you're thinking right now. Um, and I thought it was really great. Michael Keaton looked great as the Vulture. I'm sold on him. I think he's going to be a really great villain. Hopefully they don't kill him off because Marvel is... Um, known to do that. Yeah, known to kill uh, really awesome villains. So Marvel, please don't do it because uh, Michael Keaton is Batman. So. You know, well... <sighs> If and they're damned if they do, damned if they don't, though, because Why? we've talked in the past about how like oh, they really should have killed him. They keep not wanting to kill characters, mm-hmm. and now you you want them to kill. 
this. I kind of want it in reverse. I'd like them to kill some heroes so that there's a little bit of emotional weight to these movies. Mm-hmm. Like, not everyone's safe. Kind of like The Walking Dead and stuff like that. Um, but, you know, don't do away with your villains. Some I'm of them are really good. Brian. Well, that's exactly it. You know, similar to this whole Scarlett Johansson thing with Ghost in the Shell. It's all about money and business. So, that I'm, that makes sense. But, overall, I really like the trailer. It was awesome. Olga, what'd you think? I'm excited. Yeah. I think they're doing a good job with this one. That's great. I think it's because they have a lot... I don't know. There's no origin mm-hmm. to explain. They have a little more freedom, so I feel like their possibilities are very open right now. Mm-hmm. And I like the whole dynamic they have going with Iron Man, and then it goes into like the, the Iron Spider and all that stuff. Like mm-hmm. I'm really Whoa, excited Whoa, Iron Spider? It. What? What are you talking about? <laughs> There's no Iron Spider. Mm. Mm. I mm. hope there is. That would be awesome. I mean... I would be very excited. It would make sense because of what sense. they're doing right yeah. now. It might be the one and only chance they have to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think it looks very good. You know, Spider-Man, Iron Man, Birdman, it's all going to be very good. Right. Uh, <laughs> right. I do hope we get to see the Iron Spider. You can team up with Iron Fist. Right. Iron Man. Iron Man. Iron the Man, man in the Iron Mask. Iron no, giant. that's a completely... That's Iron not even related. Wow. Uh, I don't think that's something that is possible. But I ran. I, I, I would definitely w- watch it. I would absolutely watch that. Did you say I ran? He did. Wow. He did. That would be awesome if there was a multi cinematic universe where Iron Giant, Iron Man, Iron Fist... All fight. All Iran. fight in Iran. Mm-hmm. That would be amazing. They're all fighting over the iron supply in Iran. Which is not very much. <laughs> yeah, I don't think they're really known for that. Um, yeah, I, I agree with this. Have you ever thought about directing a movie? Writing uh, a movie? Yeah, I've actually directed several movies myself. Really? That's yeah. awesome. Are they documentaries on linguism, as you say? No, they're not related to linguism. It's more of a hobby. I have to get away from my uh, okay. career once in a while. Like podcasting for me. Uh, yeah, I guess if you call it the hobby. Then, uh, yeah. This is definitely a hobby. Yeah. Excuse me. So sometimes, yeah, you're, you're excused. So sometimes <laughs> you have to get away from it all. So I directed a couple of movies. Maybe you've heard of it. It was, uh, of course, called the uh, the Gas the Gas uh, the Gas Trilogy. The Gas Trilogy. Yeah, that's right. Trilogy. Wow. Trilogy, yeah. I didn't realize you made three. Well, movies. yeah. So the way it starts out is the second act comes first. Wow. The first act comes third, and okay. the first act comes second. Wow. Is th- isn't that confusing for your audience? Well, yeah. It was a commercial failure. Wow. So That's um. That was. I'm cited. so sorry. That was, you, that was, was that cited a, as the reason why. Was that a personal investment, or did you? Uh, uh, no, no, no. I owe some people a lot of money. Really? They uh, are looking for me currently. Wow. So please I, do not uh, give away the location of this podcast. Well, I won't give away the location, but some people will probably listen to this. And uh, Well, that's why I came here, because nobody listens. Okay. Wow. Okay. <laughs> that's... Uh, <laughs> then I guess you'll be fine, then. I think you'll be absolutely fine. I, I, I feel, this guy I, feel com- I feel comfortable. <laughs> okay. Well, that's good. I'm glad that you feel comfortable. You have your water. You're in a little rocky chair. Yeah. Very comfortable. That's great. <laughs> All right. Moving on. So uh, the Justice League trailer, that also dropped this week, um, mm-hmm. probably because Spider-Man dropped. Um, I don't know how planned that was, but... Um, yeah, actually, which one came out first? I think Justice League came out first. That's my that's my mistake. Um, but that was another trailer that came out. First one got a lot of people excited. Let's actually switch this up a little bit. I want to hear what the doctor has to say. Yeah, so I just want to point out, as a linguist, it is my duty to point out that uh, Aquaman, mm-hmm. uh, Aqua cannot talk. So I don't know how they're going to get around that one. But Wait. that was just one little plot flaw I, I found. Hold so on. Hold on one second. What do you mean Aqua cannot talk? The water. Aqua. See, oh, okay. You, you might not know because you don't know much about language like I do. But Aqua, is, Aqua is a synonym for water. Okay. So Water Man. We'll call him Water Man. Water Man. And he's talking, but that that's just not a thing. Don't you think Aquaman's a little bit more commercially appealing? <laughs> to who? To fans, to merchandising. It just, it just sounds better. To linguists. Oh, I think Waterman kind of rolls off the tongue a little bit better. But I, I tend to disagree. That's why I'm not I'm not in marketing, though, so I don't know anything about that. Okay, well, well I am in marketing. So. <laughs> well, anyway, I think that the movie looks pretty good. <laughs> 
You got Batman. Right. You got Birdman. No. Nope. Uh, it's going to be a good movie. Everybody's it's teaming up. Movie. Wonder Woman, played by Scarlett Johansson. Nope. It's, Still wrong. Uh, you know, like they're doing some good things, giving Scarlett Johansson a lot of roles lately. And, right. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. That's right. All, that's all I want to say about okay. that. Okay. Just for the listeners, the doctor's comments are not exactly accurate. I would definitely go watch the trailer yourself. ScarJo is not in this. Olga, what did you think about the trailer? I'm excited about Scarlett being in this one. <laughs> oh, God. What did I just say? <laughs> the doctor is not a reliable source of information for this trailer. Oh, okay. Okay. All right. So, what do you think about the movie? Um, trailer. I like this trailer better mm-hmm. than the previous ones. Okay. Well, the song choice. Yeah, a little so the song's better. Definitely, right. I didn't think the first song was appropriate, but that's besides the point. It's just the song. Right. Um, unless somehow they managed to bring it into the movie, which I hope they don't, like they did in Star Trek, because right. I guess they thought that it had to be coherent. I don't know. I don't know either. <sighs> who are they? Who are they fighting? In the movie. Yeah. Um, based on what happened in Literally. Batman v Superman, uh, they are supposedly fighting the Parademons and Darkseid's military general, uh, Steppenwolf, and mm-hmm. they all come from this distant place called Apocalypse, and they're pretty much fighting for the planet and for the mother boxes, which are the boxes that you see in the trailer. We'll talk about commercially appealing. Right. Sounds right. very interesting. It does. Right. Are you going to go see it? Mm, probably not, no. No? Oh, okay. Well. Are you going to go see any movie? Uh, yeah. I'll... No. No? No, I'm not going to see any movie. Wow. Spider-Man Homecoming, maybe. Okay. Just because I like a Birdman. Right. Michael Keaton looked pretty good in it. But uh, right. other than that, mm-hmm. no. Right. You know Birdman's not actually in it. His name's the Vulture, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I knew Just that. making sure. All right. I'm also not allowed in movie theaters, but we don't have to get into that. Okay. Well, I, all right. Well, I'll, wow, res- I'll respect it. you second guest to not be allowed in yeah. movie theaters. Yeah, that's really interesting because what, um, what a coincidence. We did have some there. guy a couple months back who also wasn't allowed in movie theaters. But um, as you said, we won't get into it. I missed yeah. that guy. Okay. Yeah, I missed that guy too. I wonder how he's doing. I don't know. Probably cleaning keyboards again. Um, all right, so uh, that's pretty much it. Did uh, any other thoughts on the Justice League trailer? Nope. I nope. hope they don't screw it up. Yeah, they better not screw it up. Come on, DC, get your act together. Jeez. They yeah. will. <laughs> screw it up. That screw is. it up. That is all right. All right, we're gonna take a quick break, and uh, when we come back, we're gonna be talking about our feature for this podcast episode, Arrival. Hey, hey, Brian, Brian, what are you doing? Oh, uh, I'm just checking out the new Dim the Lights website. Its sleek new design lends for an even greater user experience, allowing the viewer to see new posts and old while seamlessly navigating from one section of the site to another. Who knew keeping up with the latest news and info in the film industry could be so easy? Wow! Neato! Neato indeed! Let me ask you something. Do you like movies? Love them. Well then, Dim the Lights is the movie website for you. That sounds great. What can I do on the Dim the Lights website? Well, lots of things. You can read unbiased and in-depth reviews of the latest movies, stay up to date on gossip about which stars are rumored to play roles in upcoming movies. You can even watch the latest trailers before any of your friends have a chance to see them. Oh, wow. I'm going to know so much about the film industry. All of my friends are going to think I'm so cool. Well, I wouldn't go that far. What else can I do on the site? You can follow Dim the Lights on all of the best social sites like Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. Can I order pizza from Dim the Lights? Um, no, no you can't. Oh. Can I order any kind of food? Well, Pat, it's a a website for movies, so no. You can sign up for our newsletter, though, and receive updates right to your inbox. Ah, no thanks. Okay, you don't have to be a jerk about it. You know what? Maybe I will sign up for your silly email list after all. Especially if it means coupons for free food. You were never really known as a good listener, were you? No. Check out the new Dim the Lights website. There's nothing dim about it. Tagline is a work in progress. Welcome back to the Dim the Lights podcast. I'm your host, Brian. With me is Olga. And we have our special guest. Uh, doc, Dr. Philip Lipschitz. Okay. I just want you to keep repeating that. Yeah. All right, cool. Um, all right. So let's talk about our featured film. Uh, we're going to get into it. Uh, 
It Is Arrival. This is a film that came out late last year, and um, we didn't actually get a chance to talk about it at all um, or write any blog posts about it. So we thought it'd be pretty cool to talk about this movie that was directed by Denise... Um, how, you spell, how do you say his name? I was going to say how you spell his name. It's uh, Denzel Washington. No, that is definitely not it. It's uh, Denis Villeneuve. I think I'm pretty sure. (laughs) (laughs) That's pretty much what his name is. Um, And it stars Amy Adams, Jeremy Renner, and uh, Forrest Whitaker, as I said earlier. Um, This is a really great movie. And um, because this movie deals with uh, language and um, the communication between humans and aliens, um, that is why we brought aboard the doctor here. As a world-renowned linguist, um, we were hoping that he would be able to share some insights into the film, just give his take on it, how accurate the, uh, I guess, the dynamics were in that film. So we could talk about it, full spoilers. It's been out for quite some time, so if you guys want to you know, get into any nitty-gritty, it's completely fine. But let's just talk about our first impressions of this movie before we uh, dive deep. Olga. Um, so I went into the movie not actually watching a single trailer and good choice yeah, yeah. it was really incredible like it was not anything that I would have expected from this genre mm-hmm. and it was extremely refreshing to go in and see a movie that they somehow made language very exciting which unless you're into language it's hard to find exciting um, but they they had me wanting to learn more about language and the mm-hmm. possibilities and the way they handled um, the sci-fi aspect of the film was really, really beautiful and the cinematography was incredible. Amy Adams was really good and Jeremy Renner made a really great um, supporting actor role, whatever. I forgot how to say it. What was I going to say? Okay, <laughs> supporting role? Supporting role. Because uh-huh. um, we talked about how he's not the best when he's just on his own. Right. Uh, but he's really, really good right. um, as support, which was really fun to see. Yeah. I've always preferred him as a support actor as opposed to one that carried a film. For example, Born Legacy. Just didn't think he was that great in that. But something like American Hustle, something like uh, Arrival, even The Avengers, you know, for and this criticism of how his character is portrayed. But he himself, I think, does a fairly good job um, as a supporting role. He's a good actor. He is a good actor. Yeah, Yeah, I like him a lot. Um, So, as I said, uh, if you haven't seen the movie, I mean... You should have seen it at this point. If you haven't seen this movie, go see this movie. But it's pretty much revolves around um, the central character, Amy, who is played by uh, Amy Adams. Um, her name is Louise, and she is a linguist, um, a world-renowned linguist, like our doctor here. And um, she is called upon by the, mili- the U.S. military to uh, go to one of the alien spaceships that have landed and try to establish a form of communication with them. Um, the aliens in question are known as heptapods and it's because they have seven limbs right seven hepta that makes sense okay and uh, they have a very strange way of communicating um the humans can't touch the aliens there's a glass pan between the two of them as they communicate um they're in this foggy area where you can barely see them and you can only see kind of the tentacles that they have um they almost speak to the tune of Hans Zimmer music mm-hmm. where it's just very warm and all that stuff and yeah. uh, they also write with their tentacles um, in almost like ink blots they, it almost looks like uh, that one character from um, The Watchmen yeah uh, yeah right I forget his name Rorschach but, yeah Rorschach, Rorschach. and um, yeah it's re- it was really interesting um, that just the whole idea behind this movie uh, usually when you encounter a movie like this where it's sci-fi and involves alien invasion it really is an invasion you think independence day or the sloppily done independence day resurgence you mm-hmm. think of a lot of these type of movies but i was really impressed um by the trailers because they focus more on the characters and when i went into the movie or should i say after i came out of the movie um i was really happy to see that the focus wasn't really so much on the aliens but on the humans that interacted with them and their personal stories and um the 
uh, twist at the end was what really sold it for me. And I, I don't think I, trying to recall back, I don't think I got to solve it until it was sort of already exposed. You know, like I, I didn't realize what was going on. And I, when they revealed the big reveal at the end, I was like, wow, that's incredible. That's so cool. Um, yeah, I thought it was a really well done movie. Um, the director, Denise, he um, he did Sicario. He did Prisoners. Those two of my favorite movies from the last five years. That was the, the main reason why I went years. to go see this. That is why. Sicario. The yeah. minute you said, oh, it's led by the same guy who did Sicario. I'm right. like, oh, well, let's go see it. Then. Exactly. Yeah. And I had a great cast, too. Um, Doctor, what did you think about uh, this film? Uh, well, yeah. Uh, as a linguist, I thought it was pretty good. Um, it's good. Amy Adams uh, did a good job. Mm-hmm. Usually, typically, uh, female linguists are uh, typically more attractive than she is. But okay. that's okay. I can look past that. Okay, that's good. Um, I thought uh, the character Ian, played by Bruce Jenner, was... Uh, I don't. I didn't see the point in that. Okay. He, uh, <laughs> he didn't really do much. He just kind of stood there. Right. I'm sorry, uh, you said... Yeah, yeah, Bruce... yeah. So he just kind of stood there mm-hmm. and uh, mm-hmm. he didn't really do anything. Okay. I mean, I mean he was supposed to be like uh, some sort of mathematician, but he was I some not, sort of. I, I did was. not see any calculators or equations going on or anything like that. Uh, I, I just questioned what his purpose was uh, I mean, there. He wasn't some sort of mathematician. That's almost like saying you're some sort of linguist. I am. Uh, I'm not some sort of linguist. Right. I am a linguist. Right, exactly. So I would say that... All right, fine. He wasn't some sort of mathematician. Right. He was a mathematician, and uh-huh. he didn't do any math, so... I, I guess. I mean, there were some scenes where he had, you know, chalkboards of writing and stuff on it. I guess uh, there's no that really... Was very convincing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I guess you could say that, again, just as a supporting uh, role or character, he d- didn't do too much. I think he only solved, like, one thing within the whole sort of plot of the movie um amy adams was really the one that kind of brought it home and and solved how they could communicate with one another uh which makes sense she's the linguist not the mathematician i think at first he was there because they were trying to solve it through math because math is you know quote unquote universal language right um clearly it's not because uh (laughs) he didn't do so much didn't go across the universe right but um (laughs) Uh, my one gripe about the movie was the way that the aliens uh, communicated. Uh-huh. Uh, you do not typically see in nature only. There's only a, a couple of uh, animals that you see uh, uh, communicating uh-huh. using uh, uh, farts, like the aliens did. <laughs> okay. Well, it's they weren't. Well, so there's only there's only uh, three animals in nature that communicate using farts. Mm-hmm. Uh, You've narrowed it down to three. What was well, scientifically proven? Right. One Which is are? The, one is the duck. Okay. The duck. They, right. Makes sense. That's why it's why they sound the way they do. Right. So they use you're saying they communicate through farts. Right. Okay. Uh, the Next. other animal is uh, earthworms. Right. Communicate through fart. Right. Uh, obviously, everybody knows that. I, and, I uh, gorillas don't technically communicate through fart, but they poop in their hands and they throw it. And so, you know, you can't create a whole new category for... Right. Uh, so you just people. shove them in there, right? Yeah, exactly. Okay. So that makes the, sense. The, the, That's scientific. We call them... We call them... Uh, we call them windbreakers in the community. Wow. Scientific this term the, for it. This is the ling community yeah that okay. is correct okay um wow. but yeah i did not like the way that they communicated mm-hmm. and uh i feel like they kind of rushed through that whole process of right. figuring out what the aliens are saying right even though the movie took two hours right. somehow felt rushed wow which uh, that's fascinating i didn't realize earthworms uh communicated through fart yeah how does that work when they're in the dirt does it just create vibrations through the soil, or? Yeah. So sometimes you ever see when it's a rainy day out, and you look on the ground, and there's little bubbles coming up. <laughs> yeah, I have actually seen that. <laughs> well, there you go. Oh, wow, that's incredible. I didn't realize that's that's what I was looking at. Well, yeah. Well, you can uh-huh. learn more factoids like that on my podcast. Oh but... God, no! What did I say about plugs? Yeah. <laughs> anyway, getting back to the okay. movie. Um, <laughs> yeah. I also didn't like, uh, I thought Forrest Whitaker, uh, you know, he wasn't too convincing as a general. No. Old left eye over there is just not doing it for me. Right. Yeah. But, um, yeah, Forrest Whitaker, uh, actually, funny story, I worked with his brother one time. Really? You know his brother? Yeah, his brother's name is, uh, Jungle Whitgiver. Okay. And, uh... That makes sense. Mr. Whitgiver. Yeah. Okay. Uh, very nice guy. Nice. Uh, invited to his son's bar mitzvah. Right. But, um... Uh, yeah, anyway, Forrest Whitaker, 
he he didn't really do anything. It seemed the like movie. there's a lot of people, a lot that of characters really who don't do really do much. Yeah, I mean, I guess you could say it has a very slow pace movie, right? Yeah. Okay. It has a slow pace. Um, I liked how they dealt with time, though, but that's not my expertise. Right. So I can't yeah. really touch on that. Right. Uh, exactly. So going back to this brother of Forrest Whitaker, if Forrest's eye, left eye, kind of has that issue, do you think his brother does? Is it his left eye or right eye? Like, is it the same eye? Or is it a different eye? No, there's nothing wrong with his brother. Oh, he's, there's no correlation he's flawless. There. He's flawless. He, he's perfectly symmetrical. Wow. That's incredible. Do you have pictures of this man? Uh, no. Okay. That's probably for the best. Yeah. Okay, good. Um, yeah, this movie was incredible. Um, you were talking about how they dealt with time. Uh, let's just very yeah. quickly talk about that. Olga, you want to dive in? How they dealt with time. Yeah, just that whole ending, how they dealt with time. Yeah, well, it movie literally came full circle at the end. and <laughs> It's the circle of life. And it moves no. us all. No. Okay, I'm done. I thought it was pretty okay. cool, though, how they kind of spliced all the scenes together. You didn't really know what was going on until mm-hmm. afterwards. Mm-hmm. The power of editing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, threw me for a loop. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I did. <laughs> through all, through all of us for a loop. Ay, ay, ay. So you were yeah. saying, Olga? No, I really love the way that they dealt with time in a non-linear form, mm-hmm. which echoed the theme of the movie and right. the way that the aliens communicated, and right. it really confused people. Mm-hmm. And they showed at the end explanations as to why oh, they man. did it. I thought that was funny that they did it. Like, I enjoyed it, I'm but sure I'm like, they're doing this because pr- they're... I'm sure they tested it. Right. I'm sure they took... And I really appreciate that they did this because mm-hmm. I'm sure that they had a test audience and they asked people, well, did you understand the movie? And mm-hmm. they're like, not really. Mm-hmm. And instead of going back and changing the movie mm-hmm. to make it... Dumb it make down. sense and dumb, dumb it down for audiences. Instead, right. they included an explanation, essentially. Right. But they kept the movie intact, which I thought was a really brave move on their part. Right. Yeah, I like this movie so very much. What I don't understand is uh, the aliens say that they have a gift for mankind, mm-hmm. uh, but that they're going to need a gift in return in 3,000 years, but mm-hmm. they don't really touch on that. Uh, yeah, they kind of brushed over that a little bit, but I think that's because that wasn't... The point of the movie wasn't... Right. Again, the the point, the focus wasn't the aliens and why they came there, even though a lot of the promotional material was like, why are they here? Why are they here? And they kind of gloss over the fact that we're going to help them later on. But um, it makes sense why he wouldn't, ex- like the aliens wouldn't explain it. Oh, by the way, I like that the alien stands were um, Abbott and Costello. Still, I thought that yeah. was great. Nice little thing. But yeah, I don't think that... Uh, that lends a lot of weight to it. I think um, the explanation that they gave and the hints that they gave was sufficient. Yeah, know? like I said, you going into the movie expecting one thing that the only thing that I had seen was the the posters, right? And it was very mysterious. You're like, oh, why are they here? Mm-hmm. And you expect it to be a like who done it sort of movie when mm-hmm. you go to watch a mo- an alien movie right like why are they here what are they trying to accomplish mm-hmm. but in this movie who that that is less of the idea behind the plot it's not about finding out why they're here even mm-hmm. though that's what they're trying to do mm-hmm. as a viewer mm-hmm. you realize by the end of the movie that really it's about you which is completely turns it around mm-hmm. and it's no longer Literally. about yeah it's no longer about the aliens mm-hmm. or amy adams character mm-hmm. Um, it's about us and how we experience life. Mm-hmm. And when when we left the theater, we were asking ourselves, like, we had this really long discussion about, like, well, if we could live life non-linearly, would mm-hmm. we? Mm-hmm. And if we... And the, the thing that she says towards the end, the whole reason why um, Jeremy Renner's character left her, mm-hmm. um, that she knew that her daughter was going to die, mm-hmm. and she still had her daughter. Yeah. And she says it's life is about taking things head on and understanding that look, mm-hmm. that that's life and you gotta appreciate everything for what it is right. and live every moment because she knew that it would be her last right and she would lose her child eventually but she still did it and went like full yeah. force into this and 
that that was really awesome and it yeah. makes you think as a viewer and i really appreciate movies that make you think yeah i love movies that make you think and i thought the message that i was trying to convey was very powerful um i also like the themes of similar to the walking dead where the threat is zombies or the supposed threat is zombies but it's really about the characters. it's really about yeah. the characters and it's really about how i mean I, I haven't seen recent seasons so i don't know if they've sort of gone off the rails at this point but um but early on it was more about the threat of humanity about us turning on each other and mm-hmm. this movie arrival dealt with very similar um themes where um there were different nations that were all trying to work together and figure this out and try to communicate with the aliens but that as time progressed, that communication broke down and eventually they started, you know, just blacking out and not communicating. Yeah. And then they would, you know, they were afraid of turning on each other. Some countries were hostile toward the aliens and some were trying to uh, preserve peace. And I thought that was really interesting too. And, you know, it's just a commentary for us, you know, as society where we turn on each other so quickly, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's pretty crazy. Very deep movie. I'm sure you could pretty you could dissect it like over and over and over again. It's one of those type of movies. So yeah. I'll be watching this over and over again. Yeah, Doctor. Uh, which alien did you like better, Abbott or Costello? Who? Um, remind me, was Abbott the one that she talked to the most? Abbott was the one that was kind of cheekier, you know. Right. He had a better sense of humor. Right. Costello was really just there to be a little more serious about it. Okay. Costello's the one that died, right? Yeah, I think Costello yeah, died. Yeah, unfortunately, he did die. He did. Which, Question, did you understand what the aliens are saying as a linguist? Uh, well, yeah. So I was able to take my knowledge of uh, fart-talking animals and apply it to the movie. Wow. Um, get a good idea for it. Um, I'm surprised I Amy didn't know about that's this. That's actually... The problem with the movie is what they were talking about was not time. So a lot of people think the movie is about time. It's not about time. It's not about time. No. These aliens okay. were lost on this planet. Okay. They're looking, they're wondering, like, where can, we ran out of gas, where's the nearest gas station <laughs> for my ships? And you know, these, these humans trying to figure out what are they, what are they doing here? Right. You know, and it becomes like this whole deep thing, but as, as a linguist, I was able to see right through that. Wow. I knew it was just a clear miscommunication by, uh, Dr. Amy Adams and, uh, uh, uh Bruce Jenner. Wow. That's a, that's a very unique perspective on this movie yeah but that's why we brought but you I, on here but i like your viewpoint though you okay know, that, that was good too yeah yeah it's all right um well yeah that's honestly why we brought you on here you know we wanted your expertise on this film yeah, obviously we are not linguists you know this is my hobby as you've pointed out several times and uh you know uh, we're very happy to have you on this show oh um, uh the pleasure is all mine yeah well it's nice that we could keep you in the dark you know from these people that are trying to yeah. Apparently, take money from Keep you. Keep up the good work. Thanks. And, uh, yeah. Appreciate it. Uh, do we have... Uh, oh, you know what I wanted to talk about that was really good? Uh, the music for the movie. Oh, yeah. I thought that was great. It was... Um, it's funny. My brother actually pointed out that uh, the main theme for Arrival, the same exact theme was used in the movie Shutter Island, uh, directed by Martin Scorsese and had Leo DiCaprio in it which is another one of my movies that I really, really enjoy. So I went back on YouTube and, like, played it back, you know, uh, and compared them. I'm like, oh, my God, it's the same theme. And I thought that was really crazy. But, uh, you know, aside from that, the the movie itself, I think it used music very well. Um, I don't know who the composer was for the film, but I like that the... Uh, the music was primarily a lot of droning it and was just like vocals yeah vocals, yeah it was awesome and i liked that a lot and it's very intentional yeah it is yeah, yeah. and I, I thought that was really cool it emulated the noises that the um heptapods made as well uh-huh. um in certain scenes and i thought that was really cool um any opinion on the music oh uh, yeah the music was good i found it to be soothing mm-hmm. you know the kind of music you can just kind of take a bath and light some candles too right well i mean i wouldn't go that far but sure i guess so yeah you know it's really just teach their own yeah exactly oh, okay <laughs> all good music oh i loved it yeah, yeah. I it. all right awesome. cool awesome um how about the des- how about the cinematography the design of the ships because they were pretty unique compared yeah. to the usual ships that we see right yeah, yeah. I forget what they were based off of. There was a reason for Beans. it. Beans. No, they weren't. Okay. So there's a scene in the movie where the ships, uh, they go sideways. And yeah. And they actually kind of look like flying saucers. 
They did, yeah, that's true. I, I didn't even that make was that a connection. Nice yeah, that's actually pretty cool. I didn't even I think about that. I loved that um, the whole gravity thing inside were defying oh, God. gravity. <laughs> Just kidding. All right, sorry. <laughs> where they're first going up and then they're walking sideways mm-hmm. and it was like really trippy that in the was beginning. Cool. Mm-hmm. I like the whole dynamic and I love the just the design of the interior and mm-hmm. they showed a little bit of like behind the scenes at the mm-hmm. end of the movie when we saw it and mm-hmm. I thought it was really well done yeah. and I honestly thought that they should have won an Oscar for the cinematography. Uh, yeah. I think they were nominated, right? They, I'm pretty sure they won something. I don't think it was for the, for that though. Um, what did they win for? <laughs> I'm looking it up right now trying to see if I can find it real quick. Actually, they won for best sound editing. Which is pretty makes funny. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Because um, it was fantastic. Um, but yeah, I, th- I think they had a really good shot at winning for cinematography. But um, I forget who won it. It was La La Land, right? Yeah. Yeah, which is pretty good. Did you see La La Land, uh, Dr. Uh, Phil? Uh, yeah. Yeah? Yeah. So. Pretty good? Good movie. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe when uh, me and I'll go get around to seeing it, maybe we'll we'll talk about that. Yeah, for maybe a bit. maybe you guys should see it. Yeah. Maybe we maybe we should, Olga. Hmm? Mm. <laughs> yeah, for those of you who don't know, Olga is extremely opposed to this movie. <laughs> extremely. Extremely opposed. I, just I don't, don't think that's an exaggeration. <laughs> extremely opposed. Yeah. Why don't you like that movie? Yeah. Uh, why are we talking about you know, Lala I'd like to know. In a rival podcast? I'd like to know. I just don't want to see it. Okay. End of story. All right. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll leave it at that, I guess. Um, what else happened in Arrival that was pretty good? Um, yeah, the acting was fantastic. Um, even though I agree that some of the characters didn't really have too much to do at certain points, um, you could. I actually didn't mind that it was a pretty slow-paced movie. I think it actually was very effective because it added to the tension when things actually got pretty crazy at certain points and when certain revelations were made. I was like, oh wow. Um, so I think it helped. If everything was just like really quick and rushed and stuff, I don't think it why would have did, why been. Why does that effective. general give her uh, give Amy Adams his phone number again? Oh, okay. Wait, so you don't? No, I I know why, but you know like why? in the future, like mm-hmm. she already called him. Right. Why is he giving her his number again? I mean, she was able to get it from him. It wasn't him giving it to her mm-hmm. like she was able to manipulate that yeah. uh, that's not how I saw it no how'd you see it that she had his phone number in the present mm-hmm. because she got it in the future okay but yeah. why did she give it to him in the future why did he give it to her in the future if she already had it I mean the same way that you would give anyone your number you would just well, I would not give you my no. phone number twice no you wouldn't so if I was just like Hey, Dr. Phil, if I you, didn't... Uh, if we never spoke before and you gave me a phone call uh-huh. and we met mm-hmm. 10 years later, right. I wouldn't give you my phone number. Okay. Fair enough. I, I guess that makes sense. It's just a... Uh, yeah. Well, because in the future, she had already gotten his number. Mm-hmm. And she had her, and he asked her, how did you get my number? Mm-hmm. And she probably told him, you gave it to me. Mm-hmm. And then in order for him to give it to her in the future in the past she would have had to tell him like it goes in the circles yeah 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 so you can't have one you know you can't have one without the other and and it just i guess it's really weird concept Mm -hmm. but i can understand it sort of it's just hard to explain i guess so yeah 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 definitely it's one of those movies where you have to see over and over again especially towards the end when it starts to delve into the whole idea of time not being uh, linear, linear right so she's able to manipulate time and again we didn't even talk about this but the reason why she's able to do that is because she's learned the language of the heptapods and the heptapods sort of live outside of time there that's how they're able to communicate um cyclically um so she, you know you learn the language and then you're able to sort of comprehend things and that's how she comprehended things yeah and that goes based off of the idea that when you that your brain changes depending on how you interpret language right like it's a known fact that because i understand spanish and english i think differently than someone who just understands english or just understands spanish right you interpret things your brain just works differently right so it's going based off of that concept and mm-hmm. saying well if they understand time differently 
then by learning their language, then you would understand time differently. Because right. now you're able to understand something that's completely different mm -hmm. than from what your brain is used to. Right. Which is really cool. Yeah, it is pretty cool. Actually, Doctor, since you know, would you say 500 languages? That's right. I think that according to that theory, your mind would work very differently from ours. Mm -hmm. It's probably why he thinks that that would be soothing. Probably, actually. Mm, interesting. Yeah. Supports the theory. I guess so. There I guess so. There it is. You heard it here first. I mean, I'm not saying that I'm smarter than you for knowing 500 languages. Okay. I don't think you okay. are. I oh. thought you were earlier. <laughs> well, I don't... Yeah, well, you know. <laughs> <laughs> We've left the linguist speechless. Wow. Oh. That's, that's pretty a, good. A, <laughs> I'm a bit offended and amazed at that comment. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. So, did you guys have any uh, final comments for Arrival? Anything else you'd like to add before we close out? I really hope they don't make a sequel to this. Please don't. Like, that would get me so mad. It would like, be get no me too. There's no need. Yeah, it would get you. Mm -hmm. Well, they already, they already announced the sequel. No, they oh. didn't. Yeah, they did. No, they didn't. Yeah, Where you, are you getting this source from? You know what it's called? <laughs> Oh, God. Arrived. <laughs> the Departed. The Departed. <laughs> no. Wait. Awesome. And that would make sense that the sequel is actually in the, the past. past. Oh, theory. I'm going to go call the film theory guy. And uh, so, Leonardo DiCaprio just... was an undercover linguist. Uh -huh. And uh, he's, a, he's a double double agent linguist. Uh -huh, and uh, uh -huh. it's uh, Martin Scorsese. Right. Well, that's why the music is the same. Wow. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Interesting. It's all in the same universe. Oh, yeah. wow. Cinematic wow. universe right under our, our noses. Yep. That's crazy. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, overall, if you haven't seen the movie yet, which, you know, if you haven't, I don't know why you're still t listening to us, but um, uh, it was incredible. I would watch it a thousand times over. It was really great. Really deep uh, themes, really great acting. Uh, yeah, that's pretty much all I got to say about it. Sweet. Awesome. All right, guys. So that was our review of Arrival. Um, thanks again to the good doctor here. Dr. Philip Lipschitz. Right. Um, for for uh, joining us today, for sharing his expertise on farting worms and um, the right. like. And, uh, yeah, if you liked this episode of the podcast, please let us know. Uh, you can follow us on Facebook or Instagram or Twitter. And if you didn't like it, I fully understand. Uh, we do fully understand. You can definitely give us comments on that as well. Um, but <laughs> uh, thanks again for listening. And uh, don't forget to check out our blog. Uh, don't forget to follow us. And uh, if you're listening to this on iTunes, please leave us a review if you liked it. Uh, we'd really appreciate it. They go a long way to uh, spreading out our heptapod tentacles. <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, let's sign off. Olga. Bye, guys. Bye. Goodbye.